Well, the Angels' favorite song is Free Fallen by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers because they are free falling. 12 losses in a row, Jonathan, and we're going to break it down. Plus, we're going to look at Reed Detmers and his pitch selection in another edition of Pitch Please. (laughs) And we'll tell you all the hard decisions that the Angels need to make if they completely fall apart, and it looks like they're completely falling apart. You're Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Those listening on the audio side, you can rate and review the pod. Really helps us to get the word out about the Angels, although 12 losses in a row. I think a lot of people know about the Angels right now, and if you're watching on the video side, you can subscribe and click the bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. And today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On Angels sent you. Hey, thanks for joining us for another edition of Locked On Angels. You got the Frisch Brothers here with you, aka the Super Halo Bros. My name is John, and that's that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Mike, I took the trout hat off uh, because he busted <laughs> the slump, but it was not yeah. good enough to get us a win tonight. So it was only like a half measure. No half measures. <laughs> no. We need a full measure. We need a full and complete renovation. That's what that's we right. need. <laughs> that's right. A reboot. <laughs> yes. Well, Last night's game was good on the pitching side. Noah Syndergaard had a really great start, and this has kind of been his trend lately. One really good start, one really terrible start, and then one really good start. Mm So I'm hopeful that his next start won't be terrible, but six innings pitched, five hits, one run, one walk, three Ks, 99 pitches. And can I just say, hey, Joe, this is what happens when you let an ace-type pitcher stay in the game (laughs) after 90 pitches, and if they get themselves into trouble, they're able to get themselves out. So thank you at least for doing that right. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Syndergaard seemed to lack an out pitch uh, Mm -hmm. last night. He got three Ks, but he didn't fool anybody through like 61 pitches or something like that. He didn't get a swing and miss until like the – 61st or something. So uh, I don't know what he can do unless he figures out a way to use that sinker to become a ground ball pitcher because he had a lot of fly outs and, of course, a lot of ground outs, and he got through those six innings with some with some guts. But I, I, he doesn't have that 100-mile-an-hour fastball anymore, and that's the out pitch he used to have. He would give guys the off speed and then throw the heater but if he's really got to figure it out. And Michael Waka is a great example of a guy who has reinvented himself because he's not been great the last few years. And for Boston this season, he's done really well. And it's because he went through that that reinvention mode. So I hope that Syndergaard can do something to work on an out pitch that's going to start getting these guys out. Yeah, GA said in the postgame, he, he was talking about how Syndergaard got away with a lot of pitches in this game. He said he left a lot over the middle of the plate, and the Red Sox just couldn't make good contact. And I think, let's be honest, we've always suffered because of the umpiring. I think Syndergaard actually benefited last night because he had some strikes that probably weren't strikes, and I think it caused the Red Sox then to expand the zone Mm -hmm. and swing at some pitches that maybe they wouldn't swing at, Mm -hmm. and and then they you know they struck out on a couple of 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 pitches that maybe were borderline, but they had to swing because the ump was giving that to Syndergaard. Yeah, and it seemed like uh, the call, the foul ball call over the base that was really close they called fair 
and uh, the, that Waka was pretty upset about. Kind of felt like a gimme for the uh, blown fifth inning review call that, yeah. <laughs> that the Angels got. Because I, I think New York is just tired by the time they get an Angel game on the West Coast. So like, I'm in bed. What do you want? <laughs> they're, they're waking up going, what? Who? Huh? <laughs> what do we need to do? Ugh. Can we talk about that call for just a moment? Please. Why is it on the TV side that they always show us the worst angle first? I know. Show us the close angle first. Yeah. Don't show us the, what we just saw. We just saw that and we couldn't <laughs> tell. So give us the up close. I hate that when they do that. And even Boston's bench knew that Stassi was safe. Did yeah. you see the shot of oh, yeah. the bench? Like, they they were shocked and they, laughing. They were laughing. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's really what it's been like for the Angels. It's been laughable, right? Yeah, no kidding. What was up with the jungle ball play that happened that actually caused that run to score it was it seemed like either trout threw it offline or somebody wasn't in the right spot or they didn't hit the cutoff man because i don't think that run scores if you hit the cutoff man no and trout looks great when he's running down a ball he looks terrible when he's throwing and so i don't know what that is yeah it seems like he's rushing last night he was rushing that throw and then it just became like little league ball where you're (laughs) throwing the ball the second it's going over the head and I, i i just don't know what's up with this defense but maybe they're just all out of sorts i don't like Renhifo at second base anyway and it just feels like Renhifo is kind of bringing some bad vibes bad juju from last <laughs> year right like because they just were a mess and then we couldn't do anything offensively right even our great players i know that trout did get a hit but otani's up in the sixth inning and our our mutual friend rj texts me and he says Otani's swinging for the fences there. He's not swinging to try to get a hit or put the ball in play. He's swinging for a home run. And even in the ninth inning, he's swinging for a home run. He's trying to crush the pitch. And in that that inning, he swings at the first pitch, which, by the way, Waka had two first pitch outs in the ninth inning. Yeah. what are we doing? Andrew, what are we doing? Andrew Velasquez, you're not Shohei Otani. You're not Mike Trout. Yeah. You're <laughs> Stop trying to be Barry Bonds and stop swinging like you're going to hit a home run because that's not you, dude. So stop doing it. <laughs> you yeah. can play great defense, but your bat, you're you're not Barry Bonds. <laughs> okay, no. let's just get that out of the way. I think he's got to take a few pitches there, and I think he's got they to all do. make... He's, he's got to make Waka work, right? And gosh, that guy looked like an amazing pitcher last night, and... Yeah. He shouldn't have been an amazing pitcher, but I mean, the the benefit of last night was that we did have a great start. We haven't had a great start, and the bullpen came through. Jimmy Herge uh, came in and, <laughs> and pitched really, really well, which is good to see. I, I I like him a lot, and it was it was one of those games where there wasn't this nervous energy, like, are we going to be able to hold this? It was a game where it looked like the Angels of earlier this year, but the problem is... We also look like the Angels of earlier this year. We're hitting in bunches. We're not right. hitting in in consistency and, and, and scoring over a group of, of, of innings. We're, we're yeah. scoring in like one or two innings if right. we're scoring at all. Exactly. And there were even some hits like Jared Walsh hit that one and it was caught by Devers. And he just had a great play on that one. And, and yeah. so even, even just some of the hits that would have gone for a hit, according to the expected batting average, were just... 
great plays by the Red Sox defense. So yeah, really not much you can do. The expecting batting average on that hit was seven ten. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so it should have been a hit. It should have been a hit, but you, you got Devers at short for a reason, right? And yeah, and so that's kind of the way that way the cookie crumbles sometimes. There, Michael. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I do want to say we said this yesterday on yesterday's show. Like Jared Walsh continues to hustle that yep. play at first base where he scoops the ball and then lays out to get the tag yes. on the base. Like that guy needs to I don't know they, they need to give him like a, a weekend away or you know like after the season's over or they oh yeah need to after give him, the season please after Let the it. season not now <laughs> they need to give him more money in his contract during the season because he has just been our only guy that has actually hustled maybe yeah. outside of Brandon Marsh Marsh has done well in some instances as well but you know man, what's interesting about Walsh that play great and the slide at that play was he was avoiding a collision he was keeping both of him and the runner safe honestly yeah yeah. And I think that's really heads up baseball on Jared Walsh's part. And then, you know, Joe Adele look look good in right field again. I mean, yeah. if they're going to have him on this team, I think right field is the place for him. So we've got three more games against the Red Sox. We're unsure of who is going to start. It was supposed to be in the press conference, but we didn't get any news on that right. from Joe Madden. But we know that the doubleheader kind of screwed up the starting rotation in a way, and it kind of caused guys not to have their – regular day off heck give me kai bush yeah <laughs> let's do something maybe that's what they're waiting for yeah <laughs> well coming up on locked on angels we're gonna talk about if everything falls apart what tough decisions should the angels make john and i will tell you but first john locked on angels is brought to you by rockauto.com listen there's tons of different makes and models out there of, of different cars and trucks and it's going to be impossible to expect your local auto parts store to stock all the parts that you're going to need for your car or truck. And at rockauto.com, you have access to all the parts your car will ever need from brake parts to tail lamps, to motor oil, even new carpet. Rockauto.com has it all. And it's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. And because they're family owned, they understand budgets, which is why rock auto prices are reliably low for every customer. I think we're all looking to save some money right now. So if Absolutely. you're working on your car or truck, go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for you. And when you do, make sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box. That way they know that Mike and I sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Go to rockauto.com today. We appreciate you making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. And we have an important favor to ask of you. We've put together a survey so that you can we can learn more about listeners just like you. And you can give us some insight into your favorite podcasts and how to make them better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and what you don't like about Locked On Podcasts. So go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. And it won't take you very long. And everyone that completes the survey will qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. And you can take the survey right now. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. And we really appreciate your help. Well, it's time for one of our favorite new segments, Pitch Please. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you say that. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. So this time we're going to be talking about Reed Detmers and what he brings to the table. So let me go over his four main pitches, Mike. He's got a fastball, a curveball, 
slider, and a changeup. He's throwing that fastball 48% of the time, his curveball 23% of the time, slider 15% of the time, and his changeup 13 percent of the time the speeds that he actually hits when he's throwing those pitches uh, vary drastically um he throws a 93 mile an hour fastball mm-hmm. that's the average speed his curve is 72 miles an hour mm. his slider is 82 and he throws a change up around the same speed at about 83 miles per hour and here's here's a note john secondary pitches are more successful when they are about 10 miles an hour or more, there's a difference of 10 miles an hour or more between the fastball and an off-speed pitch. And so Detmers does average that. And here's why this is really important. Baseball Savant, great website if you haven't Mm -hmm. checked it out. It's for baseball nerds like you and I. They put Reed in the poor to average category compared to other MLB pitchers and their pitch effectiveness, which I thought was interesting. But here's what that means, that he's not going to blow anybody away. Sure. But he is going to cause the batter to overthink or maybe be off balance. So think of guys like Greg Maddox or Zach Greinke or Mm -hmm. former Angel Jared Weaver. That's our Weaver reference. Uh, They didn't blow people away. Weave did have one really good year where he struck out over 200, but most of the time he was having to pitch. He was having to really spot his pitches well. And so he struck a lot of people out because he was fooling them all the time. They couldn't see the ball. Yes out of his hand because he was so tall. Keeping them off balance is is really important for Reed Detmers because his pitch selection and his varying speeds will help him to do that. But he's not going to overpower anybody. He's not going to be really effective. He's not going to have that fastball like we talked about with Syndergaard that's going to hit triple digits. And so he's got to really be wise about where he places the pitch and varying his speeds. That will help him to be successful. And remember, Reed Detmers has been on the fast track to the major leagues. They have wanted this guy to be up with the major league team probably yeah. right out of his draft class in 2020. And yeah. we did see some of him last season. And I think what you talk about with pitch effectiveness, mixing his pitches and getting guys out and not being a super dominant fastball thrower, that's going to come with experience because eventually this young guy is going to get more mature and he's going to understand how to get into the hitter's head. The fact that he's got a changeup and a slider that are about the same speed, that's horizontal movement versus vertical movement. And when that's coming in at the speed it is, he's going to fool batters a lot of the time. And so I think that with experience, Reed Detmers is going to be able to really prove to be an ace of this team. Every pitcher has one really good pitch. And Mm -hmm. it seems like, and baseball savant would affirm this, that Reed's curveball is actually his best pitch. Mm -hmm. Now, it'll be more effective when his fastball is actually hitting top speed. But listen to this. His vertical movement from top to bottom is 68 inches with the curveball. Okay. So it's going to drop 68 inches. It'll start up high and then it'll drop down. Nice. And that's three inches better than the league average. And in fact, Reed is in the top uh, pitchers category when it comes to the curveball. And then his horizontal movement from left to right is 12 inches. It's one inch better than the league average. So this pitch actually, I think once he really starts to be confident in throwing it, and it seems like he is because I think it's his best pitch. Once he matures and really figures out how to pitch even better, and he's done well this year, 
I think that this is going to be the thing that's going to really help him to be a dominant pitcher. Remember, he's 22 years yeah, old. Yeah, that's key. Still a young guy. Yeah, the fact that, like I said already, we fast-tracked him to the majors because we really want him to contribute to this team. I think that patience is going to pay off when it comes to Reed Detmers and this staff. That curveball, like I keep saying, Kershaw-esque. Yeah. <laughs> and I love saying that because Clayton Kershaw has one of the best curveballs of all time. You know, we had a comment that uh, it was a review of the pod, actually, that said okay. that that the Super Halo Bros are best when they get into the analytics. So I'm glad that we did another segment of Pitch Please because they really love hearing us talk about the baseball savant and fan graph statistics. And we love these kinds of conversations, too. It's great to be able to examine what makes Reed Detmers good and what to look forward to in the future. Locked on Angels is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. They have created, ready for this, John, a caramel brownie bar. And they're available right now at Built.com. Forget about dessert. These are better than dessert. (laughs) They're 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar. And the caramel brownie bars are covered, as all the other bars and puffs are, in 100% real chocolate. With Built You don't have to sacrifice taste for health. You can have both, Jonathan. And all of Built Bar's uh, bars are made with collagen protein, which your body actually absorbs more efficiently and provides a ton of health benefits. There are a million reasons that you should try a Built Bar, but you should try a Built Bar, the Caramel Brownie Bar today. That should be your number one reason. They are tasty and they are healthy. So go to Built.com right now and get a box of Caramel Brownie Bars and use our promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's Built.com. Use our promo code LOCKED15. Get 15% off your order today. Okay, Mike, it's uh, time to have the tough conversation of what if things fall apart? I am so ready. Now you might be thinking, bros, it's 12 games in a row, 12 losses in a row. Things have already fallen apart. Well, right. let's just say things could be worse Yeah. <laughs> yeah. because this is a good team and there are measures to take before things have to get blown up. So right. let's talk as if we're past that point and make the tough decisions that the Angels will need to make. Uh, when it comes to staff changes, pitching, hitting coach, stuff like that, Mike, what do you got? I, I really think that the pitching has improved this year, and I'm not not a fan of Matt Wise, okay. but I do think, and you hear it on the on the TV side, and you even hear it on the radio side, Langston and Gooby see things mm-hmm. that I just don't know if Wise sees. Now, we don't hear from Matt Wise at all. Like no. I don't even remember it last time he's done like an interview. But <laughs> it just doesn't feel like he sees the things that Gooby and Langston are seeing. Although the pitching staff has been good. And so I don't know if he would be a, uh, nece- a necessary move, but yeah. I think that I would consider getting somebody in there that can – help change the approach because Wise came in because Callaway was fired. Right. And right. and he kind of took over and, and he's done a good job. But I think that it's now time to go get somebody that 
is going to help these guys take the next step. Just like as we've talked about, like tipping pitches. Right. Like, have they had conversations about that? Like, yeah. Is is Syndergaard's really good and then really bad have to do with the direction that Wise is giving him? I don't know, but I think that that would be one of the moves that I would make. There was a moment at the game last night. It was after Thor was done, and Matt Wise was talking with him and just going over things. And then they had like a bro hug with a handshake and the hug around. And I got the impression that Noah was like, I know more than you, dude. Yes. <laughs> I just, I felt the, the same language. way. Because as he was talking to him, Syndergaard, if you're watching on the YouTube side, Syndergaard's looking off like this, like as, as wise as talking <laughs> yeah. to him. Syndergaard's just kind of like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, does, mm-hmm. does Syndergaard yeah. always look like that though? That's what I had to ask myself. <laughs> um, yeah. Can I tell you what I would want to see? if they had to make some changes here. Uh, Michael Wirtz, the Trash Pandas pitching coach. Now, he was a major leaguer, and I think that if we bring him along with some of the young studs who are down at A, remember, Trash Pandas is A, so Michael Wirtz is the pitching coach yeah. there. And you think yeah. about the great strides and, and the improvements that these pitchers are making, and then they come up to the big leagues and they're performing really well. What if you bring that guy up to the major league team so that there is some continuity because then you could bring up a Kai Bush, you could bring up a Silseth, even Detmers who didn't spend a lot of time in double A and and eventually Sam Bachman. So yeah. you could get some continuity from double A, triple A up and have Michael Wirtz be the pitching coach for these young guys. I think that might be the move there. That's really intriguing. I actually think that that's a that's a good move. Here's here's where it gets really difficult as we continue to talk about what should happen. Let's talk about trades, John, okay. because honestly, we can't continue to do what we're doing. It yeah. can't be status quo. And so the questions that I ask myself to prepare for this moment are do we offer up Mike Trout. Oh, interesting. Do we offer up Shohei Otani or is that unreasonable? Now I know that most of you watching or listening are going to go, that's ridiculous, Mike. And I and I hear you. I hear you. But we've been in this position for, for far too long, hmm. right? And, and look at like what happened with St. Louis when Albert signed with us. The cards let go of a once-in-a-generation player, hmm. and they were good. Like, yeah. they didn't struggle. They brought in other players, and they mixed and matched really well. And I think they got Matt Holliday and a few other guys, and, and they looked really good. And they had the flexibility financially to be able to make those moves and I know that these players draw but the question we have to ask is do we want to draw or do we want to win because if you Hmm. win you're going to draw right right now Shohei brings in a crowd and we lose one nothing and so I think that there has to be some consideration and I wouldn't even think that it's like 50 percent I think you're you're in the high 80 maybe low 90s and going what can we get for these guys in return and I know that it's tough and I know that they're great, and I know that I would probably smack myself for saying this, but I, I think that we have to at least heavily consider what can we get for those two guys because we've been in this position now since Trout has come up. It's been 11 years, 10 years really kind of full-time, and we haven't done much. And so I think it's time to really consider like what would it look like to go and get some different players and reinvent this team. Okay, well, I'm telling mom that you said that because <laughs> I hate that idea. Okay. And uh, that's my I'm response grounded. to that. Listen, <laughs> Trout and Otani aren't the problem here. And I understand that trading them would get you some pieces 
back and probably some really good pieces and they would go to teams and thrive and yada 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 but to me they're not the ones getting in the way when you use like the the Albert Pujols example where he left and it gave guys opportunities to thrive I mean I think we're seeing that with guys like Walsh you know and and seeing that with our young pitchers who are doing really well I don't think you have to go that far I think that if things fall apart this season you can't middle around and wait and see like there's no reason we shouldn't have traded Alex Cobb last season if he's not going to come back and be on this team in 2022 and we all know he went to the Giants why do we hold on to him right right and I know that we had intentions of signing re-signing Rysel Iglesias so that's probably why we held on to him but he was on an expiring contract last season and we didn't move him and and I think the only reason for that is because we wanted him back so we can't be holding on to guys that don't need to be here next year. So in my fantasy world where things fall apart, you got to get rid of all the one-year pitching deals. You got to trade Archie Bradley. You got to trade Noah Syndergaard. You got to trade Michael Lorenzen. You got to get rid of all of them. We still have Rysel for a few years. We have Tapera for another year. We have Loop for another year. So those guys can stay because if you want to build something for next year, then I think that's who you hang on to. Uh, You get rid of Renjifo to a team that needs middle infield depth. We heard all series against the Phillies, how they're running out of middle infielder guys because they're all hurt. And uh, we have plenty of other options besides Luis Renjifo. And we need first base and we need third base depth. We need guys who can fill in for Jared Walsh. We need guys who can fill in for Anthony Rendon. Unless we bring up like a Jake Gatewood or a David McKinnon or something like that, then you go out and get those corners corner infielders with the pieces that you can offer up. Hmm. And then do we trade for a productive shortstop? I understand that Velasquez has great defense, but until somebody has a conversation with him about not swinging for the fences in a one nothing ball game in the bottom of the ninth, then his bat is yeah. not doing anything for this team. So yeah. my ideas are let's get rid of all those one-year deals. If you're going to tap out in this season, then there's no reason you should be hanging on to any of those guys. And when they when they trade them, are you thinking that they get back major league-ready prospects? Like, are these guys ready to come into the Angels and play immediately? Or are you thinking some minor league guys and we're still in a position where we're having to mix and match and sign a Matt Duffy again to be able to fill a hole? I think that you need to get guys who are one year away or ready now and maybe they haven't really had a breakout on another team but I I think that you need to to look to the next year if you want to reset and start again and get some value for the pieces that you have now if if you're going to tap out and, and and I'm not saying that the Angels are going to tap out but I think that if they decide to then you need to get those pieces that can contribute within the next year or two and try out some of your minor leaguers who are crushing it right. Now. I just I, I think that that's going to be that's going to be difficult. I get I get trading away those guys that are on one year contracts, but I'm going to contend that we've we've been in this position for far too long and we have one winning season so you're to thinking, show for you're it. thinking rebuild. I'm thinking rebuild and I'm thinking that you go and you you get the Brandon Marshes and the Joe Adels from other teams and we just we run with those teams because or with those players because we we haven't been able to put anything together mm-hmm. and we're actually going to save some money and then maybe perhaps we can really continue to invest in our pitching staff and maybe go get a frontline starter for this pitching rotation that hmm. is like a Justin Verlander-esque. I just feel like if it falls apart again, like we're going to kick the can to next year and then maybe we'll have a great start again. 
but it's not going to get us anywhere if it's going to lead us to what we've done this year and what we've done last year and what we've done the year before. I mean, this is this is a, a merry-go-round that I want to get off of as an Angel fan, right? Right, right. No, I get that. But uh, okay, in, in this situation, uh, who stays and who goes? Why should they stay? Why should they go? I think you, you want people like Walsh and Marsh to stay. Hmm. Because both of those guys have proven to be major league ready, all star, obviously for for Walsh and Marsh. I think will be a future all star. His defense is incredible. I think mm-hmm. he's going to win a Gold Glove in his career. Uh, Walsh is a leader, and Marsh still has some great potential with a lot of performance. And I think the people who go that you're going to send down or send away are going to be people like Suzuki and Velasquez and Wade. Yeah. And I think you yeah. bring up guys like Stefanik and McKinnon. And I, I agree with Kai Bush. And I think you got to bring up Chad Wallach. I really liked oh, I how he played I when agree. he was with this team. And I think it was really good for him to be behind the plate when Reed Detmers was pitching. Cause I think that there is some camaraderie there. They probably know each other really well. Yeah. Maybe have crossed paths in the minor leagues. And so those are my opinions. And I think Sam Bachman's got to come up, I bring him up, let him be in the bullpen or let him figure hmm. out how to start. But I'd love to see that guy in the major leagues sooner rather than later. Yeah. I think it's time to extend Jared Walsh. I think that that needs to get done sometime yeah. this season. He's yeah. our guy. He's our first baseman. And yep. let's give it to him full-time. First base, full-time. I think Sandy stays in this rotation. Otani, in my scenario, is going to stay in that rotation. Rendon, no one's going to take him no. <laughs> at this point. And, no. I, I'm, again, I'm not a, I'm not against Rendon. I think that no. he's he's fine. I think that you, his, You're making a good point, though, because there have been some Angel fans that have said, like, hey, let's get a frontline starter and somebody for the infield. Nobody's going to take Rendon, and nobody's going to take that contract. He's just not a tradable, valuable piece right now. I'm keeping Adele, and I'm keeping Marsh. Um, I'm calling up Stefanik. It's time. Yeah, we need his bat. I'm tired of like I'm tired of the Renhefo experiment. Uh, Like you said, Chad Wallet comes up. Kurt, you can have a coaching position because you're a nice guy. (laughs) When I look at the pitching staff, though, Mike, I'm looking at Otani, Sandoval, Jonathan Diaz. Yeah, I want to see Jose Suarez back. Reed Detmers is in that rotation, Silseth probably, and and maybe even Bachman late in the mm. season. And when it mm. comes to the bullpen, you keep you keep the nine guys that they currently run with. You got Rysel, uh, Aaron Loop, Ryan Tapera. Give give me Jansen Junk. Austin Warren's coming back soon. Keep Ollie Ortega. Keep Berea in there. Andrew Wance and Jimmy Herget. I think it's very similar to what we have now, minus a few of those tradable pieces that I was talking about before, but. The, the, those young guys like Wance and, and uh, Warren, I like them a lot, and I think they'll contribute to the team in significant ways down the road, and, and they've already proven that. I think Wance had a great inning tonight, or on uh, Monday night. So th- those are kind of the pitching ideas that I've had in mind. But what about you? I agree with those moves. I just think that there has to be a fresh culture and a fresh vibe. And I'm going to start with Joe Madden's got to be gone. And I think in last night's press conference, Perry should have came in and went, Knock, 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 knock. <laughs> hey, Joe, can I can I see you for a moment? Uh, because it, it's it's a twelve game losing streak, and and he's the guy that is going to be the fire starter for this team. He yeah. just hasn't been able to fire anybody up. And speaking of Velasquez, as we've talked about him, somebody asked him a question about Velasquez swinging in that inning, and how come we didn't pinch hit? And he said, "Well, Velasquez had re- had two really good swings on balls to left field, and if he can get them up a little higher, they're gonna go over the outfielder's head." But it's like you're expecting him to be who he's not, right. and and right. maybe that's why he's swinging there because Joe's like, "Hey, man, go go for give it, it like, ride, <laughs> give it a ride, and let's see what happens." Remember years ago when Mickey Hatcher was the hitting coach, and it was 2012 when he got fired. There were yeah. rumors that he was teaching Albert Pujols to 
swing the other way, like Slapping. to go to right field yeah. and to drop bunts and stuff like that. And it was like, who, who are you coaching? Like, yeah. why, why are you telling him to do that? You don't tell Barry Bonds to bunt. You tell Barry Bonds to swing away. <laughs> Unless it's against the shift, then bunt away. <laughs> right, right. Well, he have to deal with that. So <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Now, listen, I think that the fact that we had nearly the exact same lineup as we had on Sunday, Joe hasn't done anything. He hasn't moved anybody around. We talked about Trout leading off on yesterday's episode, and I think that it should have been done three days ago, right? Like, something needs to change. we got to shake up this batting order. And Joe, he's just consistently riding on the same things he's been doing for the last 12 losing games. So something's got to give, man. This is insane. And you don't make changes for changes' sake. You make changes because you think that it's going to actually turn the volume up a bit. And that's why the decisions you want to make and the decisions I want to make, it it is about like something has to stir the pot. Something has to has to fire them up and and nothing they've done if they've done anything nothing they've done has done anything for the angels so it seems like your version of what if things fall apart like you're writing off everything and you're starting fresh. it's time to clear the slate i think okay that's yeah. yours is clearing the slate mine is trying to keep the valuable pieces and shedding what is not going to be here next season and and trying again basically yeah. so okay yeah. we got two different philosophies on that again i'm telling mom you're in trouble <laughs> well it's great content like this that we are grateful that you make locked on angels your first listen because we try to make sure that we talk all about your favorite team and talk about them in a very personal way but if you're interested in other major league teams like you want to know about the Sox or the mets or the dodgers who's going to play the angels coming up you should check out the locked on mlb podcast mlb expert paul francis sullivan brings humor and passion and a unique perspective on every team and he shares the biggest stories around the league follow the number one daily podcast locked on mlb on the odyssey app youtube or wherever you find your podcasts Hey, if you want to give us a follow on Twitter, you can reach us at Locked On Angels. And of course, you can connect with Mike and I at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. And if you have any thoughts this week, give us a call on our voicemail line, 714-409-6396. That number will be in the episode description below this episode. And it's correct now. I fixed it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Mike, what do we have on deck for tomorrow? Well, tomorrow we're going to hold Trout and Otani accountable. You can't lose 12 in a row and be the greatest of all time. And John and I are going to explain why. All righty. That sounds like an interesting conversation. We hope you'll come back tomorrow for more Locked on Angels. Until then, my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for sticking with this team. And we'll see you right here tomorrow.